This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to Anatomy of Us, a show dedicated to bringing real help to real couples. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. What's up, guys? My name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and together we are high-performance marriage coaches. We are cutting through the bullcrap and creating a movement of happy, healthy, badass couples all over the world. Let's go! This episode contains explicit language that is not very good for tiny ears. So if you're with your kids, put your headphones on. Take it away, Mom and Dad. (laughs) It's time for the show. Let's go. Today we are doing a conclusion slash continuation (laughs) of our conversation from last week where you got to listen to what the hell are we even fighting about? Our yeah. um, crazy, wacky conversation. And that argument slash conversation led to a really amazing conversation that we had. Was it like four days ago, maybe? Like the day yeah. after we recorded that thing, whatever the timeline looks like. Yep. But um, we had an amazing conversation about the insights that we had gained around our family of origin, how it pertained to the conversation from last week. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to share it with you. And one of the things that we wanted to share through that was how we had an unintentionally been weaponizing our different families of origin. Um, and so we want to talk about that and how not to do that, what it looks like, what it means and what it does. That how did, so yeah, a lot of times. So, okay. If you're new to the show, family of origin is like your family tree, right? Your grandmas, your grandpas, your aunts, uncles, birth order, mom and dad, all this stuff adopted or not. It is family of origin is the main caregivers that you grew up with. That is your family of origin. It's the universe of your relationships. You learn how to do everything, like your mindset. If you have a growth or fixed mindset, it is because of the family of origin you came from, yeah. right? So this is something that you can't escape. Right. Let's right? give more examples of that. So family of origin, again, if you're new, is like it's the home you grew up in. It's like the place and space and people you grew up around. In Melanie's family of origin, they interrupted people. So It shapes everything that you believe and think. So like if you came from a racist family of origin – you will believe sort of by default until you change that belief, mm-hmm. the same things that your family taught you. You will believe that like living in a, in filth is totally fine if that's what you grew up in or the converse of that, like the all-stars of that, the Chuck Taylor of that. <laughs> you will believe that um, if like your house was super, super clean, that everything has to be super, super right. clean. Or, that, or if you had a growth mindset, if you, yeah, you can do anything. Go to school, uh, don't go to school, uh, start a business, become an entrepreneur. Noodle, don't um, noodle. Noodle, don't noodle. Or if you're like, yeah, everything's hard. Money is super hard to make. Mm-hmm. This life is just toil, toil, toil over and over and over. People screw me over. Then that's what you're going to mm-hmm. believe, right? So me and Melanie got into a probably like, you know, we have kind of some top 10 watershed moments, conversations mm-hmm. in our life mm-hmm. kind of thing that I would rank that up there as a really Big one. Mm-hmm. The conversation we just had the other day. Yeah. It it shed some lights on a lot of stuff, like from how you think. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit. This girl's messed up. <laughs> I was hoping that you'd make a joke because like I Ooh. wanted to make a joke, but then it was funnier coming from you. No, no. <laughs> There's a hilarious uh, Saturday Night Live skit 
Um, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson, you know that guy. He's like that bitch crazy. <laughs> it's really funny. I was gonna say that, but you're not. You're not crazy, and you're not a B word. But it was really super interesting because we've been married for almost 18 years. Coming up in June, in August, woo, 18 years, right? And there, it never ama- ceases to amaze me. Like, oh, okay, we just went there. We're talking about this. Holy cow! This we is, don't already know everything about each other. How is that possible? Right, because we're dynamic. We're shifting. We have a growth mindset. So it it always is changing, right? For the most part. And I realize, like, oh my gosh, these really. I'm not going to say. Well, maybe I could say it. Fundamental, deep core wounds or like visions. What are you smiling for? I'm, I'm talking gonna, about wounds over here. I'm not going to say, well, I could say it. I'm really, I'm really <laughs> laughing at how you communicate. You said that. Well, I'm not going to say, well, I could say it. As a therapist, I probably should communicate a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. And, and like as it, a husband, It right? becomes comedy at certain points where you go, I don't even know, but that's okay. You don't even know? Yeah. Well, hopefully our listeners know, so yeah. we'll see. Anyway, we were talking about some real core deep stuff and I learned some things. It wasn't like, oh yeah, I didn't know that that never happened, but I didn't know how deeply you think about those things and how much they literally permeate your behavior. And I think for you, it goes a long ways back mm-hmm. because you were made fun of, you were anything, mm-hmm. anything emotional, vulnerable, out there with mostly like personal deep feelings mm-hmm. were made fun of, shut down, mm-hmm. or just completely you were made to feel like, oh, I'll turn that off. And that is why you like in probably middle school and high school and certainly college and our our married days, you have been quick to get to somebody before they get to you because mm-hmm. you didn't want to be hurt. You didn't want to, you don't want to be made fun of. You don't want to be like shut down or say that's wrong or that's crazy. Right. It's like a porcupine. It's like a porcupine. It's like, that's Oh, right. you see all these quills. Look the F out. <laughs> right. So, and so many people do this. Then a lot of my friends do, they put up, they're like, Oh, I'll say the joke first. Yep. Either, either the joke is about somebody else or I'll complain first. Mm-hmm. I'll criticize first, mm-hmm. or I will make fun of myself first criticize myself or demean myself first right because that is always easier and hurts a thousand times less than somebody doing it to you mm-hmm. and then you sitting with the feelings right so that becomes habitual that's become that is how you begin to see the world that is your i'm reading bob proctor right now and he talks about paradigms that is your paradigm oh and the worst thing ever is when people say i'm just that way Right, which I did forever. Uh, I don't work out. I, I've never kind of been a workout person. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking hey, about? Geez. You're lazy. That's knock it off. That no, was rude that is, that and out so, of line. So no, I'm I'm super passionate about that because that I want is to a completely hold completely different conversation. Okay, I'm not, I, so I'm not talking about like oh you're lazy you don't work out. I'm talking about anything. Oh, I'm Italian, so I'm super loud or anything that gives that excuse is like oh i'm i'm a human i don't uh i only do 50 percent when i could do 100 you know what i'm saying and i hate that because we leave we talk about leaving so much changing, on the table can you can you stop because you're definitely meandering off of the path of what we're trying to talk about 
I love you, but not that. I'm glad you love me. Thanks. Not that right now. All right, reel um, it in then. So I want to reiterate kind of what you're communicating because mm -hmm. maybe it made didn't make sense to some people that what he's saying is in my family of origin, the way that I grew up is that if you were vulnerable, you typically got teased. Now I will mm -hmm. say my family is not unkind. My family is mm -hmm. not mean. They're not. I, I think it's actually an accident that that cycle started of like teasing became. Um, so it's almost like in uh, what's the word? Like you're, you're making fun of someone and it could be lighthearted. Mm -hmm. But if that is like happens over and over and over again, it, it makes the people who are being teased feel mm -hmm. very vulnerable and very like, well, I'm just not even going to try because someone's going to make fun of me. And, right. and it could just be that that is how I have perceived things as the youngest kid. And sometimes then because that pattern is so habitual, that is the only pattern we know to relate to people. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's like, oh, I always make fun of Well, Melanie and let me, or, yeah, let me give a really good example. So the other, actually the day of this conversation, I was doing, because we're doing 75 hard and I was doing yoga outside in the driveway and I had moved the yoga mat so that no one could really see me. I just kind of wanted to not have to like think about people seeing me or whatever. And Seth all of a sudden was walking up and I could feel this like wall of, freeze, like fight, flight, freeze. Like I felt it before I even had the thought like, oh, there's Seth. Mm -hmm. Now there's absolutely no reason for me to feel that way when my husband walks up to me. Like, why would I feel that way? Um, and then I realized I'm like, oh, because I'm standing here in my shorts in the sun in the morning, which is nothing my family would ever do. In my home of origin, you'd get made fun of for that or just no one would talk about no, it. No, they would so say, it would, what are you doing? Well, no, they, they're not like that though. It's not like, it's not this like, Oh, you know, it's not that <laughs> like you just did. It'll be like, oh, okay. play the tape back. I sounded It'll, nothing like that. You went, what are you doing? Okay. My family doesn't do that. So I want to be very clear, but they will, they'll make just enough of a face or it'll be like, okay, like that just enough to make you feel like what you're doing is wrong. Right. Right. And so when you walked up, that was my immediate thought was, shit, he's going to say something about what I'm doing. He's going to comment on it. I'm going to have to like, f I'm going to have to fight essentially, right? Something in me felt like I was going to have to fight. Like defend yourself or justify like why you're doing yoga in the sun with shorts. Right, right. And so there was a million things that came up for me when that moment happened that I was like, oh, that's an awareness moment where I'm feeling something that is definitely family of origin based. Now, again, I'm going to repeat that my family is not unkind. They're not mean, but that is a thing that is, I think, accidentally been like, plopped into our world in my family that builds or that built for me a deep sense of you're going to get teased. So just don't like, don't do that. It's easier not to do that thing. And so I had that awareness. I came mm. in from exercising and then like we, a bunch of things, I don't even remember all the things that we did or whatever in the day, but then that was matched with another awareness that um, came from our argument where you said to me, and this is the argument that you saw cut off last week mm -hmm. in the episode where later in the follow-up version of the argument when we weren't filming, we talked about the idea of Seth said something along the lines of, uh, like, I never tell you the things that I think are wrong with you because it's just not nice. Mm. And it was like this weird, like, what are we even doing here kind of a thing. I think it was that that made me think. But then it was also... So it's, I don't tell you the things that are wrong with you because it's the nice thing to do. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, he was saying, basically, I will never have the marriage that I thought I wanted, was mm -hmm. what you said. Mm -hmm. Meaning, you'll never love me how I thought I was going to be loved. Mm -hmm. 
And when I what I realized as I was but that sort of, was after after you had said I thought I'd be in a different place by the time I was forty. Yeah, kind which of is not. I will never be loved how I thought I would be loved. In just my mind, FYI. no. In my mind, it was it was similar. But go ahead. Uh, so it sort of stemmed from um, an amalgamation of those things. Mm -hmm. And as I was standing there, I realized I was standing making coffee. I think, and I and Seth was like sitting making lunch or something and i i had this realization of like the whole comment of you will never love me how i want to be loved and then i'm thinking of like when we were in folly and i'm watching your grandma kiss your brother sam goodbye like like she's never seen him like he's flying to antarctica but he's going you know one hour away mm -hmm. home mm -hmm. and it was just the weirdest thing to watch and then i had this realization like that is actually something i don't have in my family mm. i never had really in my family so i didn't know one entire side of my grandparents, I never knew them. Um, I couldn't eat. I saw a picture of my grandma the other day and asked my mom who it was. Uh, that's how much I don't know them. And then on my dad's side, I knew my grandparents and they were nice, but like weren't super close, like not super, mm -hmm. oh, come and give me a kiss and let's go do get ice cream. It wasn't that. It was just kind of like, hey, we're at grandma's. Hey, cool. Let's mm -hmm. hang out for a bit and then we just go home. And so... I realized, again, this is me having an awareness moment, like, oh, and it was like uh, like when things, like the focus changes and the character goes, oh, you know, and they're like, see, like when the Kung Fu Panda becomes Kung Fu Panda and like the whole universe opens up, Yeah. where I was like, Seth has been unintentionally taking the fact that I do not have a model of like, really, like my parents don't hug and kiss and like, you know, canoodle or whatever. They do nothing. They don't say that. They don't they just don't do what your parents do and what right. your family does. And so I realize like I have no working model of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Which, okay, let me say out of the gate, is sad. It is a sad feeling for me. Mm. It's sad to me that my own parents don't really like hug and kiss me. Cause Seth's mom and grandma do that to him. And I witnessed that when we were in Folly Beach. It's like every time Seth walks around a corner, it's like, oh, there's Seth. Oh, Sessie. And it because we don't see it. Well, they, they do that to him. other people too, not no, just No, I know. Me. But that's what I'm saying. That hurts even more. They mm. do it to Sam. They do it to me. Right. But in my own family, again, I love my family. There's nothing wrong with my family. I want to really reiterate that. But that is not a model on how we work. And to realize just that, to have that awareness and be like, mm -hmm oh, like I'm actually missing what feels like I'm missing, I'm deficit mm. of love and affection. I would want more if I could have more, but I don't know. It feels to me like it's not my job to initiate that. So I'm listening to Bob Proctor and you said, I would want more oh, if, yeah, I would want more if I can have more. I'm going to reframe for you, that for you exactly now. <sighs> you can have it. Yeah, got it. You're not listening, but thank you. You know I'm right. Remember that like I'm here to listen versus I'm here to help? Nope, don't remember that. It's very clear that you don't remember that. ASMR, ASMR. No oh boy. Okay, continue. <laughs> uh, but what I'm saying is that the, uh, the sudden awareness of like, wait a second, this is something I don't have in my life. Mm -hmm. And the again, I'm going to really start with this because this was the moment. This was the aha thing. It is sad to me that I don't have that. It's sad to yes. me that I never knew my grandparents on my mom's side. It's devastating. I feel like I don't have 
what you had an abundance of mm-hmm. as far as like grandparent stuff and then especially like doting on kind of things like right. your grandmother kisses your eardrum every time she sees you as loud as it, humanly it's, possible. It's like an atomic bomb. It's an atomic old lady but would bomb. Would I trade that for ear. anything? No, not really. My, I wouldn't either. And that's what I'm saying. It's like I didn't have that. Right. And maybe I did when I was really little, but it went away at some point. Like I don't remember any of that. Mm-hmm. If if my grandma was that way, that's amazing, but it didn't sustain to like you know, elementary teen years. Um, And so that was the first thing. The first realization was that. that So can I say something? No, no, no. So the first realization was that that is so painful to realize. It's grief. It is. It's grief. And, but it's also um, like not being nourished completely. It's like having a side of me that's malnourished, like a very weak, I think of like Mr. Smithers, like emotionally, (laughs) there's like an emotional side of me that's like, like it doesn't have that robust kind of frail. Yeah, there like frail and it's, it's weak, robust. Oh my gosh. It's weak. It is frail. It is not robust and it is not practiced because it's not really there. Mm -hmm. And then here is the point of the whole episode. Mm. Seth was saying to me and had been for years without realizing it. And I hadn't even realized it. He was taking that very fact that I didn't, that I had a very like nutrient lacking emotional side of my family and getting mad at me for it Mm -hmm. and telling me I was unkind or messed up. I mean, there had been times where you've said just really atrocious things about my lack of knowing how to treat you the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And that's where the the title for the episode, like how couples weaponize family of origin, because mm-hmm. he was unintentionally taking something that was already literally a wound in my like spirit. And then saying, you're super messed up for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I mean, at the time I just didn't even know what to do or think that right. this, it was the beginning of a really great conversation. And I will say, I was also doing this to Seth, so it's not a one-sided yeah. thing. So we do this to each other, and it is, it's is—it's—it's so complex. So something that I wanted in this relationship, like a core way that I feel loved, just from how I grew up, family of origin, she didn't have that. So, of course, you get married to somebody. You think, oh, I want to be loved the way that I was loved and nurtured as a kid. And then... Early on, when we were naive and didn't know anything, there were times, and we did a whole show about this a long time ago, there were times where like, you must be doing this on purpose because in my paradigm from where I grew up, anyone I knew would just do this. What is wrong with you? Are you doing this on purpose? And it's like that example from What's a podcast this? a long oh. time ago. Uh, hey, you left your socks on the floor. Okay, do you think that I had five options that this option, leaving it on the floor in the middle of the hallway, that is the one that will, you know, get on Melanie's last nerve the most. So I will choose to do that. No, no sane person does that unless you're part of the uh, four horsemen um, of the apocalypse, as Dr. John Gottman talks about it. And like now you're just knee deep in contempt. Like, oh, I'm going to get you here. Look what I can do with my socks. Yeah, I'll put this one here. I'll make a trail like ants of socks all the way to the bedroom. Uh, kind of thing, right? So, and then we would just get in arguments about that. So part of this is don't weaponize your family of origin. Okay, that's great. Don't weaponize it. First, you got to understand what was there and what wasn't there. Like Melanie was saying, oh, wow. In, in in a real way, of course, you've always talked about, oh, I wish my grandma would do this, you know, like kind of in passing. Oh, that'd be nice, you know. Hmm. But this conversation was a real like, holy shit. 
that thing I've been missing my entire life. Right. And now I'm realizing even more so that there's like a giant hole in my body mm-hmm. where that should have been. Right. Right. So how if, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup, you cannot give something if you don't have it mm-hmm. to give, if, right. you, if you don't have it first. So realizing that for, for you and then us talking about it allowed me to see she's not doing any of this on purpose. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't know. Now, because you are super smart, super hard worker, super em, uh, empathic, and you want to do what's right, then I can have full confidence going into any situation where I might be annoyed, something hurt my feelings or whatnot. Oh, she didn't do that on purpose because she's not crazy. Mm-hmm. And she's done the inner self work to work on that. And I can say, hmm, because I know you didn't do this on purpose, I can get closer to you. I don't have to be defensive. And extend grace. I can extend grace and then talk about it. Mm-hmm. Hey, honey, I know that you probably didn't do this on purpose, but mm-hmm. when you did that thing, I felt this way, okay? And I just want to talk about it. I'm not blaming you or anything. You just didn't know. Right. You know, and think about it like when, think about a time when you got your first job. Mm -hmm. You know, my first job was I was 14 years old pumping gas at a gas station. At the crap stop. At the crap stop. Howie 14 crap stop. And I didn't know how to run a cash register, okay? My boss, Sam, actually his real name was Salah Abdelnabi from Jordan. He was super, super nice and super smart. He was an engineer, actually, super genius. Anyway, he taught me what to do, okay? He didn't go, you're 14. Uh, you should know how to run a cash register. <laughs> right. I've never even seen one before. Right. Or I never stood on that side yeah, of a cash yeah. register. Understand what I'm saying? So sometimes how we weaponize family of origin is like, my mom always did this. A good wife, a good woman, mm-hmm. a good mother should know how to right. do this. Well, let me use... Right? And, yeah. and the opposite. Well, my dad did this and this and this. Your dad did eight bazillion grillion things that my dad didn't do, right? So where was your bar set? Oh, I need a new this. I need a new that. I need money here. I got to do this. Got a flat tire. Mm -hmm. Boom. Your dad was on it. Right. Always, right? I did everything alone, independent, by myself, from probably when I got a job. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that was your standard. It's like, I don't know what... So you would weaponize that. Well, that's what I was going to say well. a minute ago was that like I was doing this to Seth, but through the, what I would say this, I, and I use that exact example in our conversation. I was like, cause I mean, it was a really amazing conversation where we talked about all of these things and how um, he, I use the analogy of like, yeah, I didn't have these things in my life. My family doesn't like hug and kiss and congratulate and like, they, they do to an extent say good job, but like if you're building something, they're not like, oh, that's awesome. They're just like, okay. Like it's expected that everyone just starts companies and does stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. goes and gets invited to Dave Ramsey, you know what? Like, no, like I thought people would be like, yeah, oh my gosh, oh, but they're just not. And so uh, I was kind of, you know, talking about that part of my family. And then Seth was like, hey, I hear you and I totally get what you're saying. And I want you to see that you're doing this to me as it pertains to your standards of a husband. And because uh, I was kind of complaining about it more, more saying like, I thought it, I thought it would be different. I just thought it would be different. Didn't think it would be like this and I'm confused mm-hmm. by it. I don't quite know why, but the way that it was coming out for us was like in, again, in my family of origin, 
my dad, if I said, right, if I, I could call my dad right now, in fact, I like kind of want to do it to be funny. <laughs> kind of want to do it and be like, hey, dad, my dryer just stopped working. And he'd be like, all right, I'll be there in eight seconds and I will have everything you need and it will be done in four minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it was, if I said to Seth, or actually, let me say this a different way. Oh, let's use the, the van. Uh, which one? The air better conditioner, be the, the air conditioner, the TV, or the radio? Which one should we use? Or the backup camera? Okay, so you know what? Oh. So here's what's funny about it. We're about it. to argue. So I'm going to go on a tiny side tangent. But. But. If you were to listen to me from day one, we wouldn't have got a shitty ass van. I like that my wouldn't van. have broken down. It didn't break down. A lot of stuff is breaking on it. And I have to go fix it. So I have... I'm always this close to I like think that the resenting, TV... resenting you and the van because I was like, if you would have gotten a something Japanese, which I just like all my trucks and cars, of. how how many times do all my trucks and cars go to the shop? Never. Your trucks and cars are doo dooville, uh, doo dooville, doo dooville. Everything works in them. Nothing has failed. Everything is perfect. And their height is this, so you get in it and no, you, no, no. Who cares when you about get in the truck? You do this. Oh, no. She's showing out. And then you drive. You're going to fall out of your chair. You. This is how you press the gas when you're in the truck. What am I, in a lowrider? The truck is the worst shape of a truck ever. Anyway. <laughs> so there's a whole thing about that. <laughs> so, But here's what I think is interesting. Okay. Is that my dad, if my dad got in my van and saw that the backup camera didn't work, it would be fixed in a matter of hours. And if it did, so here's the thing. I've seen my dad do this a million times. Oh, something is broken on on mom's whatever. I will stay up until 4 a.m. until that MFR is fixed. Right. And if it doesn't get fixed, I will buy her a car at 5 a.m. <laughs> and he will stay. I mean, he will do anything. He's the most like, what's that word? Like tenacious. Um, like I will, I will get the thing and I will fix it now. Which is, Seth, which on is the a other fault hand, and awesome. Yes, yeah, Seth on the other hand is like, oh, your backup camera doesn't work. Oh, your TV doesn't work. Oh, your stereo you know doesn't why? work. Because oh, your family, AC doesn't on, work. No. But I'm not done. Every time I try to tell it, you just in- interrupt me. I'm not trying to be mean to you. Done with this conversation. Okay. So Seth will let like literally just be like, oh, that doesn't work. I don't have to fix it. And not like, it's not my job. He's like, oh, it doesn't need to be fixed. It's fine. And then you go on and you have no stereo or AC or rear backup camera for four years. And no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not dead from it. It's fine. But in my family of origin, (laughs) if I called my dad right now, he'd fix it. And you know how hard that is to know that like the option of it being fixed is a call away. That's a really hard, weird spot to be in as a daughter and a wife, because I know dad would fix it, (laughs) but I don't want to call my dad. I don't think that that's the right thing to do for my marriage, but also, it re- it reveals where my standard is. Never, you know, my standard is dad's. Mm. It's just you work till 5 a.m. if you have to to get the thing done because that's what a good husband does. So then, you see what I'm saying? So even this is interesting because, okay, yeah, on paper, that looks very good. But relationally, and again, I'm not talking bad about anybody like relationally you are trying to talk bad it's not not. the same thing so i want to reiterate i am not saying that you are not meeting my standard i am simply saying that i understand now 
that that's what was going on and right. how it made you feel. And then your response to me was brilliant. You were like, hey, yes. I love you, Melanie, but I didn't even have what your dad gave you as a dad. Remember? And you're like, my dad didn't do these things for me. Mm -hmm. My dad didn't come and fix the thing I had that was broken and right. help my mom do this and that. And again, both of our families are wonderful. So here's the thing. Yeah, you told well, me. Yeah, hold on. Let me finish just that thought. So uh -huh. you were basically like, you can't tell me to come to this marriage with an energy that I don't possess. Just like you, Seth, cannot mm -hmm. tell me to come to this marriage with an energy that I don't possess from the like caring, you know, extra kissy face, right. huggy vibes. Right. I can't expect you because to have you this. didn't get it right. So mm -hmm. here's what we're talking about: identify these things in your family of origin. So summary of this melanie was grieving what she didn't have as a kid just it, like me out of the picture she didn't uh have, i would say have as these an, things. not not as a kid i mean i think i had all those things as a kid but as a teenager and young adult did right. not have huggy support hey good job right this is awesome you didn't have that right so I was expecting oh, you. I'm gonna say to one thing secretly. Things. Mom, if you listen, I want you to hug me first. Okay. Ooh. I'll know if she listens, but if she doesn't. Which that's that's big. So here here's the, the, the simplest way I can put it. You didn't get it. I you didn't get it in your family abortion. We get married. I wanted it from you. I get mad at you because you weren't giving it to mm -hmm. me, but you didn't have it in the first place. Understand? Yes. Yeah. And then carbon copy that onto this. I didn't get that yep. as a kid. Mm -hmm. We just made do. You make do with everything, right? Keep calm, carry on un until you explode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then after that, then you just carry on again. Right. Uh, I didn't get that, right? Yeah. You had that. I had zero of that right. to a degree. And then you... Uh, well, I, I didn't know what to do, right? I was going to say, and you can't fault me for that, but... Some people, some bastards, are going to hear that and go, what? I didn't have it, so why are you so mad? Why right? are you so mad, B? So instead of turning it back on your partner like that in a real closed-minded way, be growth mindset. Hey, I hear you. You know what? You're probably used to that as like, you know, easy as falling off a log, but that is one of the most difficult. In fact, this is true. Mm -hmm. That is one of the most difficult things that first of all, I'm having to change my paradigm around mm -hmm. that. Right. And then I have to be on my own brain 24-7 even to get to your lowest bar of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Lowest bar. And I have clients say this all the time. They're like, I, 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 I'm doing exactly what I... Mm -hmm. And here's the thing that hurts so bad. It's like we have some eureka moment and go, holy shit, I haven't been doing this forever. Oh my gosh, I'm doing it. Okay, let's go. And then we do it. We mentally, internally, we're working our asses off thinking, okay, do this. Be a good husband. I'm learning this. Change this. Don't do what my dad did. Don't do what my mom did. Mm -hmm. Okay, change all this stuff. Read the books. Get, you know, mm -hmm. you're the sum of the five people you hang with the most. Doing all the right things. And then for you to come in and say, hey, this, this, and this, that is like just a giant stab, mm -hmm. not in the back. Mm -hmm. It's like the front. <laughs> right in your heart because you're like, you're thinking, mother F, I am really, really, really <laughs> <laughs> doing my best, uh -huh. my best. And you 
are saying it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. You are saying, should have done it sooner. Right. You are saying, too little, too late. All this stuff. Right. Do you think, listeners, do you think for one second that that is incentivizing your spouse mm-hmm. in any way possible? Do you think that it is encouraging, that it is helpful, that it gives hope? Mm-hmm. Or, obviously, no, it doesn't do any of that. Right. It crushes. It knocks every wind out of their sail. It key runches. It key runches. <laughs> it destroys, actually. It, it really yeah. it really does. Um, I remember you saying, or, or we would say to each other, a different part. part parts points in our marriage ports. where it was like uh either you or i probably i said this because i'm way meaner but i was like yep your best is my worst like the best that i, think you I said can, that to you probably oh yeah well you're way meaner <laughs> wait a minute you just said <laughs> so like there are points in we our said, marriage how about this we've said it to each other yes where like i will look you right in the face and be and you're like i'm trying my best and i'll be like well your best is the worst I don't remember you saying that, honestly. I think that I've said that. I'm like... I feel like it, it, was, it was you, probably but I didn't want like, to blame you because I'm, I'm mean. It was probably around like doting or something like that. Yeah, and we were was, in an argument yeah. and I said something ugly. And I you know, said like... Hold on, when you get heated, you get heated. And I'm like, you like trying to give me a hug? <laughs> I, I think that I remember saying like, that sucks. It's the worst. Like your best is the worst and I hate it. So why, why would I say such an idiotic absolutely thing? Absolutely believe that. Um... Probably because, like Gottman talks about, flooded. You say just ridiculous things. You Ding might as well be phase. drunk, right? Right. Um, what was I going to say? Well, let me say the reason I think that's important is that we have both done that to each other at different points in our marriage. Mm. And what is almost the dumbest part of that is that we took the one thing we wanted the most, ah. weaponized it, and then bitched about it when right. it wasn't perfect instead remember, of encouraging. Instead of encouraging. I remember one time something was on my mind. I think this was at our old house or something. And I was just feeling just feeling heavy. Like, okay, I don't like conflict. I avoid it mostly. Okay, I'm going to say something about this. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to do, do something different. And you have no idea the Facebook doesn't even have algorithms this advanced. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> The the mental gymnastics and algorithms that I often go through to go, okay, should I say this or should I not? You know, then brain explodes. Stars are born, basically. Um, the picture of that I, new galaxies. Yeah, that's that from my mind. Head. That's from my brain. <laughs> anyway, uh, I had said something and we had gotten into a conversation that I think it turned into an argument because you weren't listening or something. And I, I think I was like, okay, I'm like super overwhelmed and like started like kind of tearing up, you know, dudes when they're super pissed and mad, like I remember like being uh, on recess or something or losing a game or something like that. You get so frustrated and little kids I used to work with did this all the time. They would get so mad. Oh, they, they just start crying, you know, just start crying. And I think I was getting towards that point. And I, I think I told you, I'm like, and I was so serious. I was not being dramatic or drama queen or anything like that. I said, you have no idea what you just did. Like, because you were saying mean things, it's like, I just climbed Mount Everest and you said, you know, why did you do that? That's stupid. You should have, you know, I don't know, been taking a taxi, taking a taxi or writing a blog or something like that. Um, so it was, it was that. And guys, if you ever feel that and women, if you ever feel that too, I want your spouse who hopefully is listening to go, Oh, wow. Like that's, 
It's kind of like um, name something super sacred that you would never abuse or disrespect. A golden or, calf. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> like if if you my dogs. Okay, your dogs. Except that I hit them when I'm annoyed, but yeah. Well, I mean something even more like. Okay, so for me, like um, uh, uh, sweat lodge, right? And like in Indian country, sweat lodge is like you never go in there drunk. You never go there in there in a bad way or anything like that. And the the drunkest drunk of drunks will never, ever, ever go into sweat lodge. And trust me, I've been around him. I'm like, hey, dude, come on. He's like, I'm not in a good way, right? And they sit outside. They can be drunk as hell. They'd sit outside, still just be in proximity, but they would never go in, right? Because they know that right. don't mess with that, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes in relationships, there are there are actual things that you don't do. It's like, oh, I just went too far. And for some reason, I'm thinking about what Dave Ramsey said. He's like, you know, okay, push her, push her, push her, push her. She's gone. Oh, yeah. She is not coming back. Right. That ship has sailed. It's over the horizon. You cannot see it. Um, and sometimes we say things like that in heated arguments in, in I don't know, just, just daily stuff. And maybe that was what you were used to mm-hmm. in family of origin. I was. Mm-hmm. like talk shit about people all the time and then expect them to be okay with it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was delightful. Crazy, man. Fuck up, man. Oh, uh, uh, up. you sound like your brother right now. That was weird. Uh, anyway, I think it's, I am from the South. <laughs> I don't know. There's lots that I could say in addition to this, but I want to, point it to our listeners and like what would be helpful and what I wish that we had mm. been told or had mm-hmm. learned about this stuff. Because again, we've been married almost 18 years. We've been doing a podcast about marriage for over five. Um, all we do is talk about marriage and healthy relationships and to have this be like an awakening moment an aha moment just now is it feels ridiculous. It feels like how the hell did we not know this? Um, but again, there's really not many people talking uh, about family of origin in a wide variety of ways. Like people talk about it, but it's not like this, everyone's talking about it all day long kind of thing. And so it was just really surprising to me that we lacked these sort of levels of awareness, but also it was doubly surprising that it was so mirrored, like that the things that I thought Seth, how he was hurting me, I was doing the exact same thing to him, but just with different expectations and different, um, family of origin differences and being like, well, mm-hmm. those ones hurt the most. And you're like, no, those ones hurt the right. most. And but basically then, it was what we lack, what we both lack. And then saying that when I did have feelings about it, that I shouldn't have feelings about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, we were doing the same things based off of our experience in family of origin. We were mm-hmm. doing the same things we were perpetuating. We were, we were doing things that we didn't doing things in ways that we would not want to be treated mm-hmm. and then getting mad and upset and trying to explain away the other person's feelings about the shitty things that we did mm-hmm. kind of thing. So yeah, it was just sure. injury upon injury and then dismissive words, conversations upon dismissive words and conversations that was just a circle. So part of this is, and, I, and I'm thinking like, okay, three steps are like, okay, what what is this? Go and really examine your family of origin. Like what was really, really normal to you and your family of origin? Like a bad thing that was normal? No, like the just, well, I mean, anything. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, in in my family of origin, I know I've said this before, but doting extreme praise and extreme affection was Mm -hmm. in my family of origin. Can I say one thing really quickly about that? 
Sure. Because years ago I had come to this conclusion and I'm sure it's on episode. So if you're a longtime listener, you probably heard me say this. Uh, and I know it used to make you really mad at me where I was like, you want me to love you the way your mother loves you. And you were like, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Because in my mind, that sounded like I was just a little boy wanting to be like loved like a little boy. I literally was saying when like why I said you want me to love you the way your mom does is because she dotes on you. Right. And then you told me no and then got mad at me. And so I'm like, well, then what the F? What is it that you actually want? Because what I think you want is Mm -hmm. for me to love you just like your grandma and your mom do. Mm -hmm. And you got so mad at me for that. So I'm literally only bringing this up because I think this exact topic comes up for women and their husbands a lot. It's Mm -hmm. I don't think it's just you and I that have that like you want to be loved like a mom loves a son kind of. Okay. So here's the thing. So I had, I have, thank God, a great relationship with my mom and my 96 year old grandma, Mm -hmm. which is bonkers. Right. Um, I feel good around them. Right. Oh, who doesn't want to feel good around people you love? Hmm. Okay. So, but based on conversations that we've had and from listeners and stuff like this, a lot of women, say, well, I don't want to be his mother. I don't want to baby him, right? And that is what, when you say, hey, well, you just want me to love you like your mom. I'm like, no, I'm not a six-year-old baby kind of thing. Baby. Baby, right? But, um, so I was misconstruing yeah. that, which I think that you were saying, like, no, just how they right. love and you. Right, and remember remember one of our clients, we were actually talking about them last night. Remember, uh, um, no. I can't say who they are, but it was fun. We were talking about them. And remember, I asked the husband, I said, would you like your wife to dote on you the way your mom did? Mm-hmm. And he, he had the same exact, well, no, no. I said, well, wait, just listen. Mm-hmm. You said your mom says that she's proud of you. Your mom rubs your shoulders. Your mom does all these things. I said, would you like your wife to do those things to you? And he finally was like, yeah, yeah. actually, I really would. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it was like the first time he'd ever been able to really say it. Just right. say it, you know? And that doesn't reflect like, oh, this mom, this this dude and her mom, his mom, their relationship's really messed right. up. Same thing as you want me, if I asked you, hey, you want me to love you like your dad yes. does? <laughs> right. Kill the ants in the kitchen. Kill so, the ants in the bathroom. Right. I get it. Radio. I get it. I get it. So does that mean that like, oh, you're a spoiled daddy's girl that is like super weird and never worked for anything and he just buys you everything and now you're just no view of reality no sometimes in my mind that may be like well yeah okay but what are you smiling at it's just funny it's uh, just a funny but thing but you want that no my dad does beyond everything right. he says he's going to do mm-hmm. he does it with precision and Speed. And then he tests it to make sure that it works. <laughs> yeah, the mic test, right? <laughs> My uh, dad, and you t- feel secure in that, yeah. right? So the core part of you as a woman, a wife, a mom, hey, I want to feel secure. Like goes right. back to the nest thing, right? Mm-hmm. So the core part of me as a man, a husband, as a dad is like, I want a soft place to be like, hey, let me just sink mm-hmm. into you mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? And that's, Kind of like a, a a a little kid would do to his mom. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's and there's safe, there's nothing not, yeah weird or inappropriate or delayed in that. Mm-hmm. Of course, I mean some dudes are just real mama's boy. Cut the apron strings, son. Kind of thing. 
Uh, and then some women are like, yeah, you you go to your dad for everything right. and leave that, your husband in that the dust. Ain't right. uh, that's kind of messed up, right? Yeah. But you had a good dad, right? Mm -hmm. You have a good dad. Mm -hmm. I have a good mom. Mm -hmm. Why the hell wouldn't we want to perpetuate those things? Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And to a degree, well, no, to the nth degree, 100%, you can. Um, That's really funny. Literally, all we're doing is overlaying the model of the opposite sex to one another. You just said, you have a good dad and I have a good mom. Right. We're not talking about your dad or my mom. Mm -hmm. We're talking about my dad right. and your mom. Exactly. So we're literally like, I think of when I was a kid, I had Encyclopedia Britannica and it was the green and white version. I was obsessed with it. I would theme I an entire bedroom Encyclopedia Britannica if I could, but there was a section, actually many sections. That's why you always use definitions. Where it had clear layers and it would show like a frog. That was the best one was the frog and it had all the layers. So there would be like the nervous system layer, the bones, the, you know, exoskeleton, which frogs don't have. Um, but it was like the clear pages and they would have the layers, right? That's what we're doing right now. I have like this clear page with my father on it of all the attributes that I thought a husband would have. And it's like, I'm holding it over you mm. trying to figure out where it lines up. Luckily but, you're the same height. <laughs> yeah. But um, oftentimes I don't want people to get this messed up either. Then you are forever comparing me in ways that I'm not to your dad. Right, but let me say this. I think that's really, I think that's great to say out loud, but I think what, where, where people, I think, get it wrong is that they never appreciate that layering. They never go, how could this work? Mm -hmm. Like, because let me tell you, the, the transparent paper that I have of my dad that has like the attributes of who he is and what a husband, that's my template for a husband was based, my father. Based off your family origin. Right. Mm -hmm. And so now I can hold that up and say, okay, here are the things that I want. Here are the things that I think are like, Absolutely. I could never marry someone who's a total a-hole because my dad wasn't a total a-hole. Right. Right. So it's like the frame, almost like the the first layer, like the bones, right? Like the skeleton part of it is like the fundamental things that you need to be as my husband based mm -hmm. on what my dad was. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. That's totally cool. And you add the next layer, which is like the nervous system or whatever. Right. Which to me is like, okay, these are the things that are like relational. Like my dad was really kind to us when we were kids. He did things. He built stilts with us. He would go to the park or not the park, but like he would take us to race car driving stuff and stuff like that to go see in a musical somewhere. Like he would do those things. So those things are all things that I expect of you built on these transparencies of my dad. Mm -hmm. But then I think the final one is where your part comes in and we say, how, what are things that dad did that I didn't really love? Like right. work a million hours, not be home a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't want those things so we can push those on out. But I think it's really valuable to say, well, it's like the millennium approach to family ego mass. You know, this thing I created forever ago. Um, where it's like you're taking the best from both, but mm -hmm. I, we both have to acknowledge that our model, our skeletal framework in our Encyclopedia Britannica is our parent. Yes. It is stupid to be like, that's weird. Freud. Oh, <laughs> you're like, it's not Freud, you know, like the weird, uh, what is that called? Well, yeah. Somewhere. Oedipus. Oedipal and, uh, complex. Yeah. Yep. That's not what we're talking about. Again, we are, Creatures that learn from watching the creatures that raise us, just like the puppies watch Zynga and Doug, and they learn how to become bees because mm -hmm. Zynga is a bee. 
when we were at the beach at Folly Beach, I was watching this family, um, and I think it was in the morning, so there weren't a whole lot of people out there. And there was this little girl. She was probably like two years old, just, you know, like mm-hmm. playing in the sand. And she ran kind of far away. Now, it wasn't far away. Mm-hmm. It was probably 20 yards. Mm-hmm. But her whole family was over here. And it was like I was watching a National Geographic show of it could have been lions. It could have been apes. It could have right. been yeah. any mammal. Bugs. Any any right. mammal. It could have been... Squirrels. Yeah, a squirrel or a koala bear or a, a kangaroo. Mm-hmm. This little young offspring of these mammal families over here went out, was exploring got scared and came running back. Mm-hmm. How many times have you seen our puppies do that? Mm. They're kind of over here, mm-hmm. a bird tweets, and then they tuck tail it's and all you see is ears, ears flopping, yeah. <laughs> going back to the safety of their yeah. thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we all do this. So if that little family of that little girl, what, you know, what was normal in their family was yelling, mm-hmm. name calling, criticism, all this stuff, she goes back to that. Mm-hmm. She's around it. She's steeped in that. If that same little girl had, oh, they were caring. Mm-hmm. They listened to the show. They talked about clearing structure. Their dads were in the baddest husband mastermind, whatever. Their moms were in women's group coaching. Whatever. <laughs> they did coaching with us. Now they're living their dreams, their growth mindset. They're all this stuff. How different will that little girl be? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. What will that little girl bring into her relationship mm-hmm. with her future partner? Right. Phenomenal. And we all do that. Right. Every single person that has ever gotten into a, a relationship does that. Mm-hmm. They can fight like cats and dogs about it. They can deny. I heard this mm-hmm. thing. When was it? Yesterday. The more we deny our reality, mm. the less chance we have for growth around that. Because oh, I that's can, amazing. It, it is amazing. Yeah. Because I can go in here and go, this garage <laughs> is filthy. These kids did this. And there's crap everywhere. Okay, if I continue to deny that, does that change anything mm-hmm. about the crap being anywhere? Mm-hmm. Does it do anything? It shouldn't be this way. I can't believe it. I told them, and they should know that it should not be this way. Right. Well, motherfucker, it is. <laughs> the reality is that Hattie and it her friend is that. spilled a gallon of soap this very morning. <laughs> yeah, so if I deny that over and over, it shouldn't be this way. Right. Why is it this way? I can't stand this. I don't know why. She should know. He should know. Mm-hmm. Where are we leaving any room for growth, for change, mm-hmm. for a paradigm shift? The sooner we face and come to real grips with the reality mm-hmm. of it, then we can, I mean, think about uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross stages of grief, mm-hmm. right? The first thing is denial. Right. The first thing mm-hmm. is denial, right? right? And I can't remember all the stages. Uh, uh, the denial, bargaining, um, then the last one is, is, is acceptance, right? But it, is it any coincidence that the first one is denial? I am not I think dealing, it should be disbelief. Well, same thing, disbelief. You can't believe it. You're... You're like, oh right. my gosh, is this really happening, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I should all this stuff. Is it any coincidence that the first stage is, hey, I don't want to accept that reality? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And can you go to the second stage of healing in grief or mm-hmm. anything else if you don't pass through the first one first? Mm-mm. You can't. It's, it's, like, it's like a law. Mm-hmm. You can't get there 
if you don't go here. I can't get to the top of Mount Rainier if I never take the first step. If anything is a journey, I immediately see Indiana Jones in my head. I literally saw the, you know, the bridge where he throws the stones. So good. The like air bridge. He throws sand, not stones. Get it right or pay the price. Sands are just smaller stones. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. However, (laughs) grasp the reality. If you had a shitty family of origin, I'm sorry. I really am. There's nothing we can do to change that. That 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 reality of that, right? There's everything you can do to move forward, to accept it, to heal from it, to walk through it. And if if, if you're like, well, damn, I, I'm trying to, yeah, that's great. You can't do it alone, right? So go to uh, coaching. We can help you for sure. We've helped a lot of people get through stuff like that. Go to uh, badasshusbandmastermind.com. No, that's not the URL. Sorry, badasshusband.com. I get that wrong. I'm not going to get that wrong. Badasshusband.com or women's group coaching, anatomyofus.com forward slash women's group coaching to get with other people who have similar experiences like attracts like. So when Mm -hmm. you are attracted to anything that we do, any groups that we do, other people are also attracted to it. And then you're coming, you're bringing your literal actual minds together. And next week we're bringing literal actual bodies together for Badass Husband uh, live event, which is going to be rad. But the point is like... We're all, we all come from this. There's no denying it. Mm-hmm. There's good things. There's bad things. And you have every chance in the world, trust me on this, every chance in the world to affect change, to change your paradigm, and to actually create what you want. You can't do it alone. We sure, sure as hell didn't do it alone. Right. We did not do it alone. Um, but every single day, we're creating more of what we want mm-hmm. and less of what we don't. Right. And I think, too sort of the takeaway for me is what I wish someone would have said is just evaluate, evaluate the most, like, what would you call that? The the most conflictual areas of your marriage and see if they are family of origin based. So again, how I thought Seth should treat me as a husband was literally just based off of how my dad shows up as a dad and a husband to my mom Right. So it is family of origin based. If mm-hmm. I just had sat down long enough and been like, oh, this has actually zero to do with Seth and 100 and zillion percent to do with what I think Seth is supposed to be like. Right. And I want you to sit down and, and really assess like, where are the areas that we struggle the most? Is it that we always fight about my wife isn't, you know, she doesn't work hard enough? Is that a family of origin based issue? Because your mom worked like two jobs, like what, Mm -hmm. what is it that you're not connecting? And is it somehow family of origin based? And if it is, I want you to think through it, how we have just communicated this entire conversation of like, Ooh, it's not going to be helpful to always be like Seth's transparency doesn't even exist. It's only what someone else did or my dad did or my mom did or what Mm -hmm. I think it should be or whatever. Like we got to figure out a way to bridge these things. And I just wish that I wish that that had been like a conversation I had heard anything about. And lastly, if we're only comparing, right? They say comparison is a thief of joy, blah, 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 <laughs> which it is. I do, I do believe it. But if we're comparing, if you're constantly comparing me to your dad, guess what you're really, really, really missing out on? You. Me as a person. Mm-hmm. Me as the an person indiv- of Seth. The person of Seth. Our, our little kid used to say, the person of, insert his name. I'm like, what does that mean? And he's like, the person of him, like who he is, right? Uh, 
if I'm just saying, uh, you don't, you don't love me enough. You don't dote me enough. You don't do this. You don't, 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 don't. Well, guess what I'm doing? I'm not going to see who you are and allow you to grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, geez, marriage is just like a huge garden and you better be sure your soil is good mm-hmm. because phew, anything negative that you bring to it is going to grow if you don't like a weed, if you don't mm-hmm. be intentional about it. So, okay, guys. Go to, if you have any questions or anything like this, you got questions about coaching and you're ready to change your life, you want to shift your paradigm, you want your life to be what you have dreamed about, email us, hello at anatomymarriage.com. We'll talk about coaching exclusively. It's a 90-day program. It changes you. If you want to be around more like-minded people who we are around, go to anatomybus.com forward slash women's group coaching or badasshusband.com. We'll get on a call. We'll see if you're a good fit. You can join the group. We have Zoom calls. We have private Discord servers where that's where all the action is and you grow. We talk about everything under the sun. So thank you so much, guys. Good show. You too, man. Good show. Good good work. All right. All right. See you later. Peace. Bye. Thanks for listening to Anatomy of Us. This podcast is produced by my mom, Melanie Studley, and hosted by my dad, Seth Studley. Our show is edited and published by our producer, Reva Hansen, from Creative Media Support. Special thanks to our Patreon members that get an extra episode every week. Thanks for watching. Love you. Bye.